Welcome back to Vertigo, a House of Bob Lancer campaign set in the distant Long Rim. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm playing Rusk Tilson, call sign Vestige, the over the hill super soldier. This is Alex. I'll be playing Matt Rioska, call sign PCB, the ever loyal union loving droid. And I'm Jake, your game master. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, stop by our Patreon, or tell your friends about us. Roll on. Hello and welcome back to Vertigo. Today we're playing Lancer, but we'll be taking a quick step away from the main storyline for a short side quest. We will be jumping back to a pivotal moment in Rusk and Matt's past, the outbreak of the Second Distal War. The Onic Ascendancy is one of the few powers in the galaxy that rivals the Union, a vast theocratic empire led by an enigmatic divine entity known as Metat On. The Onic people are highly advanced and possess the ability to interact with a parallel space known as the Firmament, not entirely unlike the blink space that Union relies on, but its workings are a mystery to the rest of the galaxy. It has been thousands of years since the first distal war between the two factions, but tensions are still high, and a region of contested space known as the Boundary Garden has served as a wall separating the two superpowers. As Union soldiers, about 16 years before being transferred to the Long Rim, Rusk and Matt have been stationed on a contested world in the Garden known as Advent 3, a small temperate planet with a few million civilians. And other than the occasional border skirmish, things have been relatively quiet until several months ago when an Onic Crusader fleet pushed into Union-controlled space, destroying the Blink Gate and throwing the two factions into a second all-out war. Without the gate, Union forces in the Garden have been cut off from home, and intensifying battles have left them critically short on supplies, with limited repairs and reinforcements still months away. So we open up on a crowded hangar bay in a Union military base. There are about a half dozen mechs here, along with a variety of transports and personnel carriers, and they all seem worse for wear. The vehicles are pocked with blast marks and energy burns. There are about 20 people in here, engineers, soldiers, pilots, but they're mostly just milling about, chatting, killing the time, gathering around nearly depleted ammo bins and supply caches. At one of the bays, beside two large mechs, we see a pair of individuals leaning against some crates with data pads on their hands, completing one of the least enjoyable parts of being a Union soldier, the paperwork. Can we get a quick description of the two of you? And I guess introduce yourselves, because I didn't do that yet. Uh, I'm Rusk Tilson, a younger version, 16 years younger, in fact. He's not all salt. He's a little bit of pepper right now. But he still has those same uh, sharp chiseled looks and, you know, very clean cut and keeping with the closely cropped hair, all that jazz. Nice. I'm playing Matt again. Is it again if it's a flashback? Mm. Still? Mm. Still? (laughs) Previously. Always. The interesting thing is that if Rusk wasn't also in the scene, it might not be obvious that this was a flashback from the mission that we have been playing because Matt looks exactly the same, which is to be expected, right? He's a standard issue droid. Union has made droids a certain way for a long time. So there's no reason that he should look any different now from how he will 16 years from now. One of the things that is different is the two uh, large mechs that you guys are standing beside of, which are significantly different than the ones you were piloting in later mm-hmm. on in history. Do you want to give us a quick description of those? Sure. I am using the IPS and Blackbeard. I would call it heavily aggressive. The mech mostly specializes in like close 
essentially hand-to-hand combat. Like, I pull people in, I stab them with the sword. That, that's pretty much all I do, actually. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do it till they're dead. Yes. Nice. Yeah, Matt's mech this time around is fucking enormous. <laughs> it is to a normal mech what a mech is to a normal-sized person. And it's completely spherical. It's painted to look a bit like, um, you know, those like Russian dolls. A nesting doll. You could say that. And its name is Mother. It's a mother class mech. So you guys are in the in the shadows cast by these gigantic uh, war machines. And as I said, you were uh, kind of just finishing up some paperwork, specifically a debrief following your previous mission. The usual, uh, a breakdown of damage sustained, fuel and ammunition expended, but you know there's no chance of you receiving a full replenishment at this point. You attach your latest physical exam from the medic and proceed to the final section, which is a psychological self-assessment. Morale hasn't been great at the base lately, given the slow grind and constant skirmishes with the Onyx ascendancy and relief seemingly so far away. Uh, How are the two of you feeling right now? Um... Not bad. Like, <laughs> this is kind of Rusk's wheelhouse. Like, he's used to the the grind. Like, this is this is what they made him to be, like this constant yeah. vigilance, like, always on kind of thing. So, he's even fine with the paperwork. Like, it all, <laughs> it all comes with the territory. So, he's just, you know, sticking to his job. And he's a very much a, a man of the union, so. For the union. <laughs> that's That's right, man. <laughs> there's a new section on the debrief that wasn't there the last time you have to fill one of these out and it's titled anomalous exposure okay matt uh in the past week have you experienced any of the following please check all that apply yes uh we got mimetic hemorrhaging no uh you don't even bleed not that i know of uh what's mimetic mean let me look it up for you man, one moment. Man, look that up, please. <laughs> yep, thank you. <laughs> Mimetic, relating to or constituting an element of a culture or system of behavior that is passed from one individual to another by imitation or other non-genetic means. What the heck does that mean? I don't think you need to worry about it. If I'm you know, you know. Get that one. For the union. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you, Matt. Uh... Next one, visions of a timer counting down when you close your eyes. I mean, I'm always counting down to when I'm going to destroy the enemy. That is a great point, Rusk, for the Union. I'm going to click that one. Uh, memories that could not be your own. No, no, not me. Matt, you're awfully quiet. Any memory I have must be my own. It was put there by the Glorious Union. And that's true. I guess. Uh, ontological certainty. Well, that one just confuses me, so let's just pass on by. Uh, you can look that one up if you want. Absolutely. Would you like the <laughs> definition? <coughs> Please. Ontological, relating to the branch of metaphysics dealing with the nature of being. Jesus Christ, what the <laughs> hell? You'd think they would have covered this stuff in your training, but apparently not. <laughs> they covered it in my training. That's why I know all these terms. <laughs> I get it, Matt. All right. Uh, Phantom Flesh Syndrome. Uh, nah. 
I haven't I haven't really lost any limbs, so I don't have like any phantom feelings. Oh, this one's nice. Uh, the persistent taste of raspberries in your mouth. I do not have any taste receptors. That would be impossible. That's a crime. I'm so sorry, man. It's all right. I don't need the sense of taste to love the union. Well, let me just say raspberries are delightful. Uh, do you have an appreciation of music? If it will be required of me. You know I require it of you. Yes. I do have an appreciation of music. All right, and last but not least, ontological doubt. Would you like me to define ontological again? Yes, please. <laughs> ontological adjective oh, no, we did this. <laughs> relating to the branch of metaphysics dealing with the nature of being. Oh, it's like, am I questioning, you know, myself, like in the universe? Right? I think that sounds right. Uh, no, I don't doubt that. All right, let's submit these bad boys. For the union. <laughs> Very interesting results. <laughs> With your self-assessment completed, you shoot off your report, and uh, almost immediately you get a message back to your data pads there, asking you to meet with your commanding officer, who is Commander Sunita. Ah, hell. <laughs> You're instructed to go to her uh, ready room as soon as possible. <laughs> what I do, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, let's go. So you uh, make your way through the base and enter into uh, Sunita's office. Um, a small office, mostly bare. Usually in the past, you've seen Sunita would have various knickknacks and trophies decorating the walls, but all her personal effects were left behind on the carrier. Uh, instead, you're welcomed by cold metal walls and an equally cold expression from Sunita, who sits behind a desk frowning at a computer screen. She's a middle-aged woman, wavy black hair, graying at the roots, wearing her uniform loose to combat the warm weather here. And uh, she motions for the two of you to sit. All right. Matt salutes and then sits. For the union. <laughs> uh, good. Your uh, saluting protocols are still up to date. Mm -hmm. Gentlemen, uh, thank you. Um, how have the two of you been feeling? I feel fine. Same old, same old. Eager to serve the union, as always. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. We... Received an interesting message today, a, a possible opportunity I'd like the two of you to follow up on. There's a resistance group within the Ascendancy, and they contacted us today. They call themselves the Ecumeny. They claim to represent the rightful government of the Onic people from before the Ascendancy took over. They reached out to us in search of a possible alliance to fight back against the Ascendancy. They have asked for a meeting and for assistance on a mission they are planning, they urge that time was of the essence. I would like the two of you to travel to the meeting and open negotiations and see what they need. The Acumeny could be a valuable ally. They know the land, they know Onic technology, and they may be able to offer us supplies. I will keep a line open so I'm kept informed, but you are authorized to render whatever assistance they need in exchange for supplies and the potential of a proper alliance in the future. Yeah. yeah. While you're at it, this would also be a good opportunity to learn more about the Onic and their technology. The firmament is very much an unknown factor. Be on the lookout for any chance to get a closer look and perhaps even bring something back for study. Of course. Any questions? How covert do we have to be? They've given us the location of a meeting place, um, which is a kind of deep in a forest near the equator here. So it's fairly uh, off the grid. And uh, there's some code words that you can use to identify each other. All right, fair enough. 
But yes, you will want to be careful that you're not attracting the attention of the Ascendancy because, well, they are not friends to either of the parties here. Understood. Uh, will we be going in our mechs or in person? There'll be a uh, transport that'll take you there with, with your mechs as well, should things go south. But hopefully right. that won't be the case. Well, Matt, let's roll out. You got it. For the Union. <laughs> oh, man. On your way out, um, Sunita actually stops you and says, uh, Rusk, uh, could you stay for a moment longer? I would have a word with you. Absolutely. And she uh, waits until uh, Matt has left the room and asks, uh, Rusk, how has your companion Matt been? Uh, he seems good. Like, I feel like he's learning. Like, getting smarter or like, I don't know. He's just, he seems, he seems to be getting better in like my mind. Like he's becoming a better soldier. He can read situations better. Her eyebrows raised slightly and he seems to be learning. (laughs) Are you teaching him? Is that how he's learning? Well, yeah, I, I assume like maybe he gets like upgrades and stuff and they send patches to him and I try to teach, but I don't know, like, it only goes so far. You know, I, I show him something, he's just like, for the union, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I assume that means he understood, I guess. Any strange behavior? Uh, I did find the the sense of humor upgrade kind of weird. That seemed strange, but I appreciate it. It makes combat a little more fun. It's the, the one-liner module. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps zinging me and it hurts, but <laughs> I'll get him. <laughs> she puts her data pad down on the desk and tense her fingers a little bit and says, uh, as you know, Rusk, we've been cut off from the fleet for some time and some of our colleagues are overdue for the regular maintenance. All I ask is that you keep an eye on him. Should he fall out of line, you are in charge of this team and you have the authorization to do what you need to do to keep him in check. Well, what would that entail? Like, I can't do a reboot on him? Like, I don't think. You might call it a physical reboot. Oh. Um, All right. I I, I understand. Percussive maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fine way of putting it. That's all. And again, I will be in communications, so I'll be able to listen in on the negotiations. And this is a great opportunity to get an advantage over the Ascendancy. So I wish you the best on your mission. All right. I will treat it with the utmost importance. And she uh, dismisses you. All right. I'll meet up back with Matt. Basically, you guys have been set up with a uh, transport to take you to this meeting area with the Acumeny. Is there anything you would want to do before then or preparations you want to do before you head out? Uh, Just my usual. I'll do like a mech inspection and I'm very organized in that sense. Like I have all my uniform like pressed and ready to go and I am like 100% soldier. So I have all my ducks in a row and I'm uh, good to go. Bunch of little toy ducks on your uh, mech dashboard. Yeah. That you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For some reason, Matt keeps giving them to me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Matt, anything? Or you're always suited up also? Matt's ready to go. Uh, right. That's that's the way they built him, is always ready to go. Yeah. Always ready to serve the union. <laughs> I'm slightly jealous. 
Oh, I mean, I guess I didn't think about this, that it must be an absolutely gigantic transport to carry the both of your mechs. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, you know, those like Soviet, huge, yeah, those huge like military aircraft uh, <laughs> for two, two guys. Yeah, yeah. For two guys and two mechs. And, what a waste uh, of gas. <laughs> yeah, and supplies are low right now. So <laughs> just reinforces that this seems to be an important mission. Mm hmm. Yeah, so the meeting area is deep in the thick jungle that runs the equator of this world. So you do have to kind of park outside. It's too dense for your mechs for sure. So you park outside and proceed on foot. It's very moist and overgrown with vines and oversized flora, kind of alien plants. So like similar to an earth jungle, but, you know, it just grows a little bigger and a little uh, different coloring and that kind of thing. There's a very common purple motif in the uh, flora here. Mm Mm-hmm. You proceed on foot until you find this small clearing where you're meant to meet, and you see a small group of people wait here for you. They have bronzed skin, and their armor is uh, also predominantly colored a deep purple, and they all wear a red sash around the waist. Many are adorned with a variety of religious symbols and jewelry. A few carry what look like rifles, and one in the center carries a staff, and he uh, steps closer to you as you arrive. He's bald and has a gold plate implanted on his forehead. There are Hmm. wires connected to the sides of his head that uh, travel down his back and plug into his armored suit. You exchange the code words and he says, uh, welcome, I am Anima and I represent the Ukemini. We... Greetings, Anima. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Yes, he pauses for you to introduce yourselves and do any appropriate ritual that he might not know that Mm -hmm. the Union does. I just go for a firm handshake. Uh, Matt salutes and says, for the Union... No, Matt, Matt. They're, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are not necessarily for the union. <laughs> but they might be. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, I don't think either of you guys would be particular history buffs. <laughs> uh, doesn't seem like it. <laughs> the only notes I read are yeah. my mech checklist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all you really know about the ecumeny, again, is that they kind of claim to be the proper, you know, official government that they've been in exile since the ascendancy took over. After your greetings, he continues and he says, we seek to ensure the words of Metat on are properly interpreted and adhered to. The ascendancy has failed in this. A war with the union does not benefit our people. Well, we can both agree on that. I'm glad to hear that. There is a possible future of cooperation between our people, but first... There is a pressing matter that we ask for your assistance on. We have knowledge of an ascendancy base in a nearby city. Many of our people are being held there, and we would see them free. However, we lack the manpower. You have the strength, and we have the knowledge. Together, we may rescue our people, strike a blow to the ascendancy, and perhaps pave the way for future cooperation. I know that our information will be helpful to you in the future in your fight against the ascendancy. That sounds like a fair deal. I'm getting, like, Borg vibes. Yeah, same. Is this, like, typical of this culture to be, like, cybernetically enhanced like this? Or or, or did they stand out looking like this? The kind of cybernetics seem to be more a part of their battle armor, right? Hmm. There are a couple people that are not armored, and they seem to be in more kind of looser purple survival jungle clothes and that kind okay. of thing. Gotcha. So they they look very typical of like an Onic Ascendancy person. Yeah. They like their purples. Yes. Purple, gold, and white is the general color scheme. 
Except for this red sack, so, actually, that you see all these people have as well. What was this, like, rogue faction called again? The Ecumeny. Ecumeny. Oh, boy. The known world is basically what that means. Okay. Does the Ecumeny, do they follow the Metat on? So, yeah, both factions do follow Metat on, but they disagree how to interpret his words. If they're led by Metat on, like, would not Metat on, like, say which one is the correct one or is he just very cryptic or are, are they very cryptic yeah so is this uh, something you're asking uh anima or just something you're trying to figure out uh, i'm just trying to yeah i don't necessarily think i would discuss this with with them sure yeah like is it in the mission brief is matat on like a leader or like a prophet that's maybe not yeah, around that's anymore but yeah information about the ascendancy is pretty limited because for literally thousands of years, this area of space has been blocked off, right? And like they're just, mm-hmm. they just don't Separate. interact. But I think you guys would probably have gotten a little information about Metat on and that he's basically a prophet or divine entity that shares often cryptic or often just not so much directives as like goals or, you know, <laughs> kind of overarching philosophies that then people have to interpret into actual laws and rules and that kind of thing. Right. So. Gotcha. But, okay. And the different factions disagree on how to interpret those words. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I have any questions for them personally for, uh, anima. Then he would uh, continue and say, um, if this is something you would agree to, to help us, uh, free our people, um, then uh, we can continue this conversation and I will have more information for you about the mission. Sure. Uh, where, where are we headed? First, there's a couple caveats. I will be taking you into Onic territory, exposing you to Onic knowledge. And some disagree with this decision. They fear that the Union will trample on our lands and steal our secrets. I ask that you treat our city with respect. While the civilians were evacuated when the war began, this is still their home. Please keep damage to a minimum. Secondly, our technology is sacred to us, a gift given to us by Metat On, and we have cultivated it over thousands of generations. I know the Union would have it, I know they desire it, but it must be earned. I ask that you do not take any technology from the city. Once we have earned each other's trust, we can discuss whether it would be appropriate to share this with you. Is that understood? Understood. Yep, understood. Great, then he uh, continues. Very well, then let's begin. He kind of waves his hand and you see some motes of light and energy appear and basically like a little hologram projection appears in front of you that shows a city. The way I could describe this effect to us as real world humans would be it looked a lot more like magic than technology, right? It has that kind of arcane look to it. The city is called Sola Abbey and in the very south is the citadel where the prisoners would be held. Mm -hmm. And he says that it's very well protected and there are, you know, certain technologies there that you guys wouldn't be able to bypass. And he says, the key of this mission will be to escort his infiltrator team to the Citadel so that they can uh, gain entry and rescue the prisoners. You'll need to hold the line long enough for them to do that and escape with the prisoners. There are some other uh, important elements in the city that we may want to uh, take advantage of in order to help the success of this mission. So you see near the north, there's an air base in the city. Um, and uh, an enema explains that there is a sizable air force detachment here. They would be, you know, sortied to uh, intercept us. If we're able to take out the air base first, then we wouldn't have to worry about that. 
There's also a comms tower in the east. If we can take over the comms tower, then we'd be able to get some scouting information about what actual forces are at the Citadel and get a heads up on what's there and you know kind of what the layout will be. Mm-hmm. Sunita, your commander, has been listening in, of course, and he gets the visual of the map, and she pipes in at this point. If we can take out that shield generator, we do have uh, some artillery that would be able to uh, fire into the city to help you. Okay. Uh, Anima can't hear this, right? Not unless you chose to put her on speaker, so to speak. <laughs> no. There's also a battery of anti-air guns, Anima says. And if those are taken down, then we could use our uh, air transports to get much closer to the Citadel before we have to engage any forces. You'd be able to uh, choose where you want to deploy on the map in game terms. Finally, there's also a supply depot. I know that you have been running a little low on supplies. You may be able to get some ammunition packs or battery packs or repair kits and things like that at the supply depot, which under my supervision, I would allow uh, certain things to be taken. Okay. Sunita, you catch all that? Yeah, she uh, she pipes it and says, uh, the supply depot sounds like an interesting opportunity to maybe get a closer look at some Onyx technology. And, uh, you know, I've got these artillery sitting around doing nothing. If you take down that shield generator, they'd be able to help out. All right. I have some semblance of a targets I want to hit. Anima, uh, for escape, how will you be leaving? Will you be flying out? If the anti-air guns are taken care of, then that is an option, yes. So that seems like a good thing in general. So AA guns are high on my list. Otherwise, we do have ground transports that would be able to um, assist with that. He mentioned already that he would be accompanying you in person, and between your extra Union forces and their Union forces, you have a few mooks to throw around as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are these kind of five targets that you can consider taking on. You don't have unlimited time, because as soon as you start to hit one, then you know, then reinforcements from elsewhere will start to be coming in. Mm-hmm. And everyone you hit, there's some good things that are happening, but of course each one is also a chance of something going wrong and taking some damage or something like that. So I, I take Matt aside, I'm like, Matt... I value your opinion. Do you have any thoughts on this? Maybe getting to see some Onic technology. So that supply depot mm-hmm. seems like an interesting opportunity. Yeah, I think that one's high on our list. Just between us, that is what partially our mission is, right? So if we can get some sort of uh, stuff to take back, that's always a good thing. Do you want us to come up with like a plan of what we would be Aiming for, Jake? Yeah. We're just going to resolve this narratively. We're not going to do, you know, a battle for each one or anything. Oh, okay. If you uh, have a, f- a kind of an overall operation that you want to do, target a few of these things and, you know, how you guys are going to split it up, how you guys are going to approach it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we'll okay. do some rolls and see how it goes. I mean, it makes sense to me, like, Supply Depot and Shield Generator should be our two, like, high priorities. Supply Depot, obviously, so we get some tech and Shield Generator so that we... Uh, make it easier for the Union to uh, support us in getting into the Citadel. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that and the AA guns as well. The anti-air guns. Okay. Just so we can hopefully lead them to success. I want them to be able to get out. And if they can fly out, that's all the better. And that means we can get closer too. Cool. Okay, I think those are our three. I don't know if, how many we can pick. But. As many as you want, but the more you pick, the more spread out you'll be and the more time it takes, right? So right. That's true. You good with that, Matt? Absolutely. You got it. All right. You want to kind of hit them one by one or split up into teams and tackle them all at the um, same time? I think split up. 
three of us, three objectives. Matt will maybe go for the supply depot first and then assist whoever right. needs it after the supply depot secured. Um, I open up a, a private comm with Sunita. Okay, sure. Uh, Commander, should we just let Matt uh, go to supply depot by himself? You can direct him what you want him to like try to obtain. She says that she can open a line with uh, Matt and kind of oversee that. So if he did go alone, he would be able to, or she would be able to kind of direct him, yeah. And when okay. we say alone, you'd, you know, he'd have a couple minions with him, but... Yeah. When you are discussing this possibility, you say, oh, maybe we'll send Matt to the supply depot. Anima does pipe up and say, I would accompany you to the supply depot. Yep, un- understood. I will be either going to the anti-air guns or the shield generator. He also pipes up at this point and says, uh, uh, the shield generator, what would you be doing there? That was Sunita's uh, uh, suggestion, was to take out the shield generator. Anima hasn't mm-hmm. suggested that. Hmm. What else does the shield generator do besides blocking incoming projectiles? It's like a large bubble shield over the whole city. Its primary function would be to protect from like artillery and bombardment. If you guys can come up with a, a clever reason why, you know, for something else that it would be used for, we can roll with that. But offhand, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think I'll be... Mostly honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for our own protection. Obviously, we're important assets to the Union. And uh, if we need support from the Union, that is how they can provide it if we take down that shield generator. It's our own insurance policy. So you are leaving out that it would be artillery fire. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think there's maybe an argument that the shield generator would also just prevent like reinforcements from getting there quicker or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's the angle you're going for. Do you want to do a, a quick roll and see if Anima buys it? Sure. What roll would you like? Do you have any related deception type skills? <laughs> no, I have absolutely nothing that would help <laughs> with any sort of deceit. <laughs> so just a straight d20? Sounds uh, good. I, yeah, I think you will get to add your grit at this point. I rolled a 14. That is a success. Nice. So he uh, ponders your words for a moment and nods uh, approvingly. He says, I hope it won't come to that, but very well. Okay. The plan is Supply Depot, AA Guns, Shield Generator. Mm-hmm. Sounded like Anima and Matt are heading to the Supply Depot. Rust, do you want to go to the guns or the shield generator? And then they can just be kind of a team of minions that go to the last location? Sure, I'll do shield generator. Okay. Matt, give me a quick description of what your plan is here to uh, breach this supply depot and find some useful goodies. It's not a super heavy defended location compared to like some of the others. Mm-hmm. There's some shielded doors and defensive turrets at the entrance and that kind of thing, but nothing too major. This is pretty open, right? This is just narrative. So whether you're, you know, going in with your mech or you're infiltrating on foot or whatever, it's up to you. I think Matt might do a kind of both. All right. I'm thinking Matt would give control of his mech, mother, to Lil Matt. Mm, Interesting. Because Lil Matt is a highly advanced NHP, fully capable of making decisions all on its own. And uh, yeah, Matt might himself go on foot because he could take advantage of his uh, many manipulator arms to, you know, be able to deal with fancy locks or control panels or whatever that might, you know, prevent from getting in. And also Mother is like probably way too big to go inside 
anyway. Not so, without making a mess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's not why we're here. Cool. Serving the union means leaving things the same way that you found them. <laughs> Take only pictures and leave only giant mech-sized footprints. <laughs> As the saying goes. As the saying goes. Okay, sounds good. You leave Mother piloted by little Matt outside probably to like, you know, draw uh, any security forces away, right? Totally. Draw, draw the attention of the uh, turrets and cameras and that kind of thing, which gives you and Anima uh, pops out on foot as well and follows you in to uh, you know work your way into the back doors and do some hacking to open up the doors and get in that way. How about we get a roll from you as well? Yeah, so you do have hacker fix. So do you want to do that? Yes, I do. 18. You got an 18, which is a rousing success. So you're able to get into the storage depot here. And I mean, it's not entirely unlike a union storage depot. There's a bunch of crates and boxes, except it's more purple than <laughs> than the union ones <laughs> would be. Anima asks you, uh, uh, what would be most uh, uh, valuable to you? Uh, fuel, uh, repairs, ammo, weaponry? How am I doing for ammo? Do uh, I Currently, you guys are good. I generously gave you full uh, ammo and health. My max is fully stocked. Wow. Uh, but it is possible that during these like roles for the infiltration here that you might uh, you know lose some resources and that kind of thing. Then weapons. That's the only thing I don't already have. And the union would like to see what sort of cool shit this purple union is doing. So... <laughs> Let's do one more roll because you're going to have to get through like kind of unseen here because on the inside there are security cameras and occasional patrols and that kind of thing. So there is an act unseen or unheard. Eight. Mm. Mm. That could have gone better. You're working your way through the like stacks of crates and turn the corner and bump into a, a guard who is quickly able to slam on the uh, alarm. The depot goes into alert here. There's a rally of security forces outside the base um, where you, you, where little Matt has had to go into action to start fighting off some of these security forces. Okay. So I'm going to uh, cause a little bit of damage to Mother. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, your choice. Do you want to take damage, or do you want to use up some of your resources, some of your turrets and your that kind of thing? I uh, take damage. Yeah, okay. she can take it. Yeah, she's a tough old gal. We're gonna do two d six. Eight. You say that. <laughs> That's half half your health. <laughs> That's half health. I hit pretty hard. <laughs> but you are able to work your way to a walled off area of the depot that's, you know, behind kind of like a thicker security door where they keep some of the more dangerous goods, including we'll get you a uh, a weapon mod here. Ooh. Anima opens up this crate and you see inside a large because it's mech sized like attachment that would attach on to one of your existing weapons. Um, cool. And you see it has like a pretty robust scanner suite inside of it. And basically you can choose one of your weapons and it'll have plus one accuracy for the rest of the mission. Cool. Nice. Do I have to pick now or? It'll take a few minutes to install it. So you could probably choose a little later if you wanted to, but you have okay. to choose before the battle at least. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll think about that. Okay. Let's see how things are going at the AA guns, I guess. Did you have any plan for them? Basically just explosions. Like. <laughs> the direct approach as opposed to like sabotage or sneaking in or anything like that. Yeah. like Just I showing up in mechs and shooting? Pretty much because the anti-air is prepped for obviously air combat. So hopefully they're, you know, not prepared for just an on-ground assault. And they can just get in there and, and rack up all that stuff. But that's generally what my uh, opinion is going to be, is just, like, get in there and, like, mess stuff up. 
That's, that's, that's why they sent us. So, <laughs> good point. They didn't send us to fucking pussyfoot around here. <laughs> Man, watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have any kind of leadership skill or anything. I have take control. Uh, use force, violence, presence of will, or direct action to take control of something. If you I were there in not, person, yeah, yeah that I'm would not really lie, there. But No, so I think you've just given them directions and they're going to act of their own accord once they get there. Um, so I'm just going to roll a d20 for them and see how it goes. Okay. I guess you are assisting them, so I'll give them a d6. Ooh, which ooh, they needed. Ooh. Yeah, that helps. Uh, they got a 12 overall. Yeah, they would have failed without that accuracy. Oh, man. Too kind. <laughs> so, yeah, a little later, you get a message over the comms. Target destroyed. And you know that the AA guns are down, which will give you uh, the option of using your transports to drop closer to the Citadel base, as well as make your escape a little easier through the transports. Nice. And let's talk the shield generator. Mm-hmm. Vestige in person in his uh, new fancy mech old fancy mech <laughs> uh, has gone to the shield generator. It's a very well fortified position. I mean, the shield itself is a very robust building with its own energy shield. It would probably take a lot of your resources to just fire away at it and try to destroy it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say it's impossible, but yeah, how do you want to proceed? I'm going to try to get up, up high. From what it looks like, it looks like there's kind of antennas or something like that that are... Mm-hmm. Extending outwards, and that's basically where I figure the weak point is. So if I can, I'd like to use my grappling hook and pull myself Mm. up. Yeah, cool. The shield generator is quite a tall building, but so, you know, Mm -hmm. you'd have to take some time to scale it. But I think you absolutely could and get to the central area where there's this sphere rotating and uh, undulating with an amorphous kind of uh, surface. Mm -hmm. And there's support rods that lead up towards it. And you figure if you can take those support rods out, then you'll be good. So, I mean, this certainly sounds like an assault. Roll for it. Uh, I rolled a 13. Cool. You make your way up to the uh, support rods and pull out your nanocarbon sword. (laughs) I think I'd actually use my chain axe. That sounds better for cutting through stuff. Sure. Take out the chain axe and start uh, cutting away at the rods. And before long, uh, you cut your way through it. The orb in the center begins to kind of lose its shape, starts to like almost melt, and like drips of gooey plasma start to come apart and fall onto the ground. And where oh, they geez. land, they spark with electricity. Huh. Can I get a sample? <laughs> Maybe. But first, you're in a precarious position, which is this giant orb of uh, electric plasma above you is starting to fall apart and uh, um, and threatens to wash over you. Uh, ah, beans. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my language. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? This also seems like a grappling hook kind of situation. <laughs> it's, it's not not, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll try to just pull myself to the edge of the building to, to try to avoid taking any damage from this stuff. Sure. Um, I do have a lot of movement, so I can... Move six. It, it'll be uh, like wow. a narrative uh, a check again. Mm-hmm. So if you have a skill yeah. that applies. Uh, yeah, I've get somewhere quickly. Let's do it. And without complications. That sounds right up my alley for this. I did not do well, though. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a seven. All right. So you get some of this, uh, uh, this orb as it disintegrates. Some of this goop lands on your mech as you're about to shoot your grappling hook and it lands on your arm there. Um, mm-hmm. And it starts to like really overheat. And you have to switch to like emergency radiators to dump this heat as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. which is going to do a little bit of stress to your mech. 
So I'm going to deal one stress damage to you. Gotcha. But overall, a success. As the last of that orb gloops away, it lands on the ground and starts to dissolve and uh, disintegrates a bit of the uh, pavement, but then evaporates. Overall, pretty successful. You have secured some weaponry for Mother. You were able to disable the anti-aircraft guns, which will give you um, an advantage in your deployment. Mm-hmm. And you took out the shield generator, which means, should you wish, Sunita is, has her finger over the button <laughs> to call in an artillery strike in the battle proper, mm-hmm. which we will see next time in two weeks. Thank you for listening to this episode of The House of Bomb. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends or hit us up on social media. We're at The House of Bob on most platforms. If you'd like to support the show financially, consider stopping by our Patreon. We've got a ton of bonus content there. There's a monthly bonus recording, like a director's commentary and one shots. There's RPG zines and a monthly blog post and a big old back catalog. Lots of content there. There's some cool stuff there, I think. And a huge thanks to all our current patrons who make this possible. You're all lovely people. Thanks. Artwork for this episode was by Christina, the audio production by Alex of Astronomic Audio, and the music by Duke Albert and John Julius, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. If you're enjoying the music, by the way, you can get that soundtrack at Duke Albert's Bandcamp. Link is in the show notes, and if you're a patron, you get an extra 50% off. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Roll on. Today we're playing Lancer, but we'll be taking a quick step away from the main storyline. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you guys have Discord open? Yes. Uh, yep. I've just sent you a link to the uh, anomalous exposure section of the psychological self-assessment. Oh, we have to fill this out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Jake, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I wasn't really doing this in character. but <laughs> I can That's do this all, right. all in character. Let's do it. Let's do it. Give, okay. Let's give do it me the assessment. Give me the assessment. All right. And they call themselves the... Oh, no. I practiced pronouncing this so many times and I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, I see myself and one little dot. Why? Why? That dot right there. That's me. Oh, that's, that's my there? dot. Oh, okay. Don't touch me. I only see Rose. Stop. There, so. Stop it. Can you see my stop. dot over here? Yeah, stop. No. Oh. I can see your cursor, though. <laughs> I can see it touching me. Boom. Nice. Boom. Ba, 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 ba,